What's up, everybody? I wanted to do something a little bit different this week and next week. And we are going to give you an inside look behind the curtains of the Power Producers Mastermind. This week's issue of Shop Talk and next week's episode of Shop Talk are going to be half and half of one of our bi-weekly mastermind calls where we specifically talk about what you as a producer need to do to weather the hard market. Now, if you're not getting this kind of support, check us out, man. It's crazy. Go to killingcommercial.com, look for the Power Producers Mastermind, and you can find out the information. And if you want to register and join us, you can. It's not expensive. It's 99 bucks a month, and you get a bi-weekly conference call, a private LinkedIn group where we interact on LinkedIn, and one-on-one -on -one coaching as needed. So if you need help with that experience mod audit, you're not out on an island all by yourself. We got your back. Check out this content. I think you're going to be pleased. You're listening to Power Producers Shop Talk where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Well, it's like when we audit the mod with Mod Advisor and are able to give them the action items that they're going to use to lower their total cost of risk. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. It's going to be a great year in 2022 at Florida Risk Partners now that IPFS is in the game with their total pay strategy. We can write excess and surplus lines and completely remove the agency bill from our agency. People, if you're not using total pay by IPFS, you're definitely leaving money on the table and action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level. Having partners like Mineral only bolsters the fact that your clients do not care about the insurance. It's all of the value that you're able to add. And with partners like Mineral who can help with both HR and environmental health and safety, we can't help but win. This is Power Producers Shop Talk. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? We dispute 100% of the audits that come from and we recover money on 100% of the audits we dispute because these people just don't know what they're doing. And what happens is you got fat and sloppy agents that are sitting out there getting happy, collecting a paycheck, and they, ooh, a little more commission for me. They're not going to fight it. And the, they're going to just tell the client, oh, yeah, you know, they found some things that you didn't include in your payroll. They don't dig. They don't argue. They don't fight. Those are accounts we are going to win 100% of the time. So if you're not paying attention to... If you're not paying attention to what's happening with audits on all of your accounts, this is a wedge that I have talked about for years. One of the top two that I use is people don't like a surprise at audit and they're getting nasty surprises and the carriers are not going to stop. They're just going to keep putting the throttle down. I think like to Davis point, just one thing that we're working on is, is really, you know, getting better at our, at our branding. Um, of how we present ourselves because you know we have a lot of good documents you know some of those are fragmented i mean i've sent some of those documents to people i posted some of them here as far as our you know client timeline and you know our uh you know audit kit and stuff like that but i think like 
the agents that are going to win in this environment are going to be the ones that are going to build a real platform for their clients to sit on. And so that's one thing that I'm focusing on big time is building a platform that that works seamlessly with them. You know, whether it's, you know, hey, you want us to do your certificates? Hey, no problem. We'll do them. If you want to use CSR 24 and log in and do your own certificates, hey, we can help you. If you need one on a Saturday, you know, at six o'clock in the morning or a Sunday at 2 a.m., you know, we got a platform for that. And I think like, you know, the whole learning management system, you know, we're firing Zywave. Uh, I've already fired them two months ago. I'm just waiting on my contract to end so we can we can move to mineral now and uh, and work on our, you know, kind of some of the living handbook stuff. But I really think the agents that are going to win are going to be the ones that get out in front of it. You know, Cincinnati Insurance Company, I went to their meeting. Their reinsurance costs went up by 70 percent. And that's got to that's got to get passed down somewhere. Right. And here's the thing. Tightened underwriting, taking rate not writing specific things, you know, it's going to be really, really tough to grow. Like really tough. I don't know if, if, if it was a conversation me and you were having with somebody, David, but does everybody like, has anybody ever studied or read about, um, you know, policyholder surplus versus premium? Does anybody, anybody? No, I mean, I study the combined ratios. you know, so like the uh, like the policyholder surplus, let's just say you, for ease of numbers, you got a company that's a billion dollars in premium. In theory, they want to have a billion dollars in policyholder surplus. You want it to be a one to one ratio. OK. And so part of the problem that we're having is that the hard market, the premiums are going up because claims are going up. But the equity market, the returns are going down. So what you have is, is you have premiums rising to catch up with losses and you have policyholder surplus going down, right? And so instead of having that one-to-one ratio, now it's like 0.9, 0.85 and, and their ratios with AMBEST are getting out of whack because AMBEST doesn't want to see you under a one-to-one premium to surplus ratio. And so... That's why, you know, you're going to see, you know, this balance of rate increases and you're going to see people getting out of classes of business and getting off accounts because sometimes the company may have to shrink their premium to get their to get their uh, one to one surplus to uh, to premium ratio in, in, in check. Yeah, I think it's just we're at a really interesting time, too, because as technology changes, the carriers are getting better and better at understanding how risks work or projecting how they may perform going forward. And I mean, the one that I always think about when I talk about this is summit, you know, it used to be, you could get pretty much anything placed with summit as long as it was, was, is, was reasonably clean. You know, it, it couldn't be filthy, but it could have some hair on it now, you know, and this is going back probably eight or nine years ago when they first started with the predictive modeling after they were acquired by great American, you can't even have a conversation with an underwriter anymore. It's pretty rare that you can have the conversation with the underwriter. If it kicks it out, their crutch is, eh, I can't override the system. And the system already declined it based on the characteristics of the risk. Here's another thing that's going to happen. If you haven't seen this yet, there's going to be classes of business that perform absolutely perfectly. 
Thank you. Absolutely perfectly. And they're still going to take rate on it. So again, remember in Florida, we have filed rates that the state, you know, it's the state rates for workers comp. So the only way that rate can be adjusted is the experience mod. There is no downward adjustment, but if they need to get more rate, then they can do a consent to rate on that. There are a lot of times that you'll see this happen in a soft market. I'm actually seeing it happen in the hard market too, because they're taking closer looks at their books of business and specific classes of business. But one of the things that I've seen, I've got a client, I have several clients that are framers, certainly a higher hazard business than, you know, if we were putting up wallpaper, you know, on the ground floor of a hotel, but they're framers in new construction and no losses. I've had this one account on the books for six or seven years, not a single loss in six or seven years, pristine guy has runs a very good operation and Summit comes back at renewal this year and they want a 50% consent to rate on the framing code. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you're absolutely nuts. So I write the underwriter, I'm like, we've had no claims activity. I don't understand. Yes, we're reviewing this class of business to make sure we're getting sufficient rate and uh, this is what we have to do. And I wrote back and I said, well, I said the lost policy release will be on its way shortly. We're going to have to move it to another carrier because I'm not going to do that. Go to the next carrier. Boom, go to the next carrier. Boom, and everybody is starting now to look at the harder classes of business and taking even more rate than what the state sets for them. I don't necessarily disagree with them, you know, just as an FYI, but I also have a fiduciary duty to do the best to represent my client. And if the state has approved a rate, I need to be getting that rate. And if not, I need to exhaust every ounce of effort and resources I have to show that I tried to do that for them and, and explain to them why. And so all of this to say, man, it is like a much longer process to get a piece of business across the finish line today than it was six months ago, a year ago, or two years ago, because you're having to spend a lot more time having conversations, explaining things. You're having to get a lot more information up front on risks so that you can make sure your submission's complete. You know, it's funny because I write a lot of MSPs, managed services providers in tech. That's one of the classes I've always written it's a difficult class to get coverage for, but if you can, they're very rewarding. And there's a lot of ways you can make money off of them aside from just their insurance program. And that's why I like them. But I sent over the renewal application to the MSP that is actually the one who handles everything at Florida Risk, who's also our client. And he wrote back to me and he's like, wow, these insurance companies are finally starting to figure out what we do. And I said, why do you say that? He said, well, the application only used to be one or two pages. Now it's 12. And he said, the questions they're asking show me that they've had claims in areas where I said, very astute observation. Now, mind you, this guy is an MSP specific to insurance industry. So he knows our industry very well. And then this year, the application's almost 20 pages. And it's like 10 or 15 pages of actual application and then five of disclaimers for all kinds of other crap that uh, we probably should read and know. I'm going to be the first to raise my hand and say, I haven't read that yet. But, um, you know, it's just taking a lot longer. And that's a problem because it's creating bottlenecks in the operations of the agency at the carriers. And you really need to pick your poison when you're out there doing your field underwriting, because you want to make sure you're going to write that account that makes it through to the top of the stack that you can get terms for and get bound. Otherwise, you're going to see hit ratio suffer along with a bunch of other stuff. And I just think we all need to be really, really prepared because here's what I do know. There's a good percentage of our industry that relies on relationships and drinking beer and playing golf to get deals done. 
And I hope they continue to do that because while they're drinking beer and playing golf, I'm going to be answering my phone and their clients questions. And that's how we're going to get people to come in. The relationship is certainly important, but every single relationship has the ability to be broken in the hard market. And that's how we're taking, how we're looking at everything. Our defense is our best offense at this point. And the more we can be out in front of it with education and everything else, the better off we're going to be. That's why I think blogging is so important because you can have that meeting on a, on Zoom or you can have that phone call with a prospect or you can go out to their place and you can explain the concept, but it's always reassuring to say, you know what? I actually wrote a really good article on this. I'm sure I probably left a couple of things out talking to you. I'll shoot you the link when I get back. Listen, it's not because I want them to go read the article per se. I'm not going to miss anything more than likely when I'm sitting there talking to them. I want to see how interested they are in actually seeing what else they need to know about this. And then when they hit that link on the website, ding, 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 HubSpot's got you. Now we know you came back and we're monitoring how long you stick around. And it's going to tell us what your buyer's intent is based off of all of that interaction. So that's another reason why content's important. It's not necessarily the messaging, even though it is important, but it's kind of like the mousetrap, getting people into, the, you know, it's the cheese that sits on the mousetrap so you can get them into your ecosystem and then wham, their neck gets cracked, right? So that's how I look at that. Josh, what else? I mean, what else are you seeing that you guys are proactively doing for hard market? And I'll, I'll open it up to anybody else if you've got any tips or tricks. I guess it would help if I unmuted. Um, I mean, I, I think really for for me, it's with your own clients too, is is really treat them, treating them like their new business, you know, trying to get, because I'm not going to tell you that I get updated sub agreements every year. I don't get updated, you know, uh, I mean, we get updated rating information, but I think it's really just making sure nothing has changed on their profile, you know. And treating treating every account like it's like it's new business, um, you know. I think I've been pretty pretty blessed this year. Knock on wood. Um, you know, we've had a good good heavy renewal season. Right now is when probably twenty out of my twenty five biggest accounts renew from March first until you know May fifteenth. And uh, you know, we've been successful on all of our accounts so far in renewing them. So, you know, I think we've just tried to, to Davis point get out in front faster you know, really treat them like their brand new business, um, you know, leverage our relationships with, with some of the underwriters and, uh, you know, and just, and just deliver on your value proposition. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think you're, I think you're going to be okay, but I do think if you let some of these relationships slip and you don't provide the service that, you know, that they're accustomed to and somebody else comes in there, I think, I think you're going to be in trouble. Anybody out there seeing things that we haven't discussed? What about ease of getting appointments? Have you seen that it's a little bit easier than maybe it was this time last year? I think carriers are talking to you a little bit more. Like, like I picked thank up a couple. Thank couple you for that. Comp. Yeah, I, I picked up a couple of work comp carriers this year that, I've tried to pick them up for the last two or three years and wasn't able to get them. And then all of a sudden they show up at the front door with a contract in their hand. And I hadn't even talked to them in six months. Yeah. This is the other thing I would tell you guys. Thank you, Paul. Cause you jogged my memory of something else that I've talked about. You know, if you're in the online forums, it doesn't matter which one it is. Um, 
you got those agents that are bragging that brag about the fact that they muscle the carriers around, right? Oh, I ain't going to take any visits from the marketing people. I don't want to talk to them. Once a quarter is ridiculous. How much can possibly change? Blah, 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 blah. And you know what? Fine. I hope you keep that mentality because I'm going to take the meeting when they want, when they want it. Why? So I know what you don't know because you're the moron not listening to what they have to say, you know? And I think here's the thing I put a, I put a tweet out in a couple and I posted this in a couple other places. Um, Every relationship we have in life is the same. And I'm actually, I am stealing this. I have no problem telling you that I'm stealing it. And I hope that if you're married or plan on getting married, that you follow this guy. But I went to a thing at church from Gary Smalley way back when, when I first got married back in the, in the mid nineties and everything that Gary talked about was about the, the emotional bank account that you have with your spouse, but it's the same thing in business. It's the same thing with your children and, you know, people ask me all the time, how do you have time for this? How do you have time for that? And the reality of it is, in my mind, I keep a ledger that has the balance of the relational bank account with every single stakeholder in my life, my wife, my kids, my carriers, my team, all of that. And you have to, with any bank account, it's exactly the same. You have to make those relational deposits so that when it's time for you to make the withdrawal, you have enough deposits in there to cover what you want to withdraw. And the thing is, if you've not been meeting with marketing reps, if you've not been meeting with underwriters when they want, you're not making deposits into your relational bank account. And now you're in a hard market and you're going to be looking to float a check. You probably don't have the balance to cover. So you need to change your thought process a little bit if you're of that mindset, because even if you don't learn a thing in those 30 minutes that they want to meet with you or that hour they want to meet with you, it could be the difference in tens of thousands of dollars of revenue in your agency if you take the meeting when your competitors didn't. You've got to build those relationships because those are the people you need to pull favors from. It is not a secret that I am a raving fan of IPFS. They have treated me phenomenally. I will stand on the mountaintop and tell everybody they have treated me phenomenally. I don't get paid by IPFS to do that. I have no sponsorship with them whatsoever, with the exception of the fact they sponsor, they are a sponsor of the event that I put on in Key West every year in June. That's it. I don't get paid to do that. My community benefits from it, but I don't get any kind of compensation to talk about that. If IPFS needs to talk to me about something, you can be certain I'm going to take their call and vice versa. Here's why that's important. And I mean, I'm going to give you guys something that I, I would never say this publicly, but I made a big mistake on that on a, on a massive account. Like I went in, like I have lost sleep. I have been stressed. I'm I'm honestly surprised I didn't have a heart attack or a stroke. That's how much stress I've been under for the last couple of weeks because I had an account that financed a million dollars in premium and never made the down payment. Never made the down payment, never e-signed the finance agreement. And here's the issue with that. The million dollars in premium is one thing, but the minimum earned on all of that was $150,000 or, or close to it, right? Or 250,000, no, it was 150. I'm trying to base it off the down payment. One of them was admitted, so there wasn't a minimum earn. The other one was, so it was, it doesn't matter. It was a big chunk of money and it was 100% on my back. I was on the hook for it. 
and I beat on this client. I beat on this client. And when I was in Illinois, I get a call from my wholesaler saying Brown and Brown is trying to tender an agent, a record letter with this group. And, you know, they're going to take your account from you. And I'm like, there's no way I've got a good relationship with them, blah, blah, blah. And then I find out Brown and Brown is in there and they're like whispering all kinds of noise into my client's ear that I don't know what I'm doing. And I didn't set this upright or this upright. And, you know, I don't know if any human being on the face of the earth that at some point is not going to start thinking, well, maybe I did screw this up. Maybe I did mess something up. Go back and look. Absolutely did not. Everything I had told this client from day one had happened, including the fact that Brown and Brown said, I waited too long to get the re renewal process started. This is the account. I got my terms 322 the same day that the thing renewed. We had no time to go back. You're talking about a million dollars in premium in you don't have the ability to go back and forth. And that's just a piece of this account. The entire relationship's worth more than that. And so now I'm sitting here thinking, oh my God, I've got to figure out how to do this. And this guy's saying he's going to fire me and move to Brown and Brown, which means I'm going to sit here and be stuck hanging, you know, holding the bag for the money on this premium. And I was able to get him to not do that. Uh, we had a very direct conversation where, uh, I dispelled some of the myths. We got through all of that stuff. But the moral of the story is last Friday afternoon, I'm standing in Phoenix at the IPFS booth. That was not a staged picture that I put put up on Facebook and LinkedIn. I was literally there with Davey Holt and Chase Courtney, two very high up people at IPFS. And the dude that was sitting at the laptop is the president of their payments division. And I finally got the person to give me all of the bank account information to make the down payment. We're one day before the first installments due. And if you finance premium, you know that the premium finance company now wants the first installment in addition to the down payment to isolate their exposure. I got IPFS to waive the fact they needed the first installment. They gave me a, you know 10 to 14 days to get that in. The Ann Dunn guy sat there, took the down payment, not through the premium finance thing, but through their dedicated payment processing portal, took that at that, broke my commissions out, wired 100000 in commissions into my account while I'm standing there in Phoenix, and then put the rest into IPFS so that when the guy came back on Monday to process the premium finance agreement, the down payment had been taken care of, he could fund the carriers, and we were off to the races. I don't know of another vendor out there that would have done that. Going in, setting up a VPN to access the system securely and do all of this stuff, that's just absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. So again, why did that happen? Because every time you see me post for IPFS, that is an emotional deposit. That is a deposit into the relational bank account. And I can pull a favor because they know that I'm constantly promoting them. That's why I do it. Not because I'm getting paid, but because when the time comes, I have to ask a favor to get a deal done. They know where my loyalty stands with them. And so I would challenge everybody to make sure you're sitting back and you're analyzing. If there are carriers that you don't want to meet with, Look and see how much business you're doing with them and start talking to the people you do represent about a book role so that you have the ability to, to only spend your time with the people that deserve to have your time. I get it. All of our time is valuable. It's finite. We don't have time for everything and everybody. So it needs to be a hard market in the agencies too. We need to be determining where are we going to allocate our resources? And if it's, there are places where we shouldn't be doing it, we might need to make some tough decisions on places to to cancel some things that are eating our time that shouldn't, or just relationships that aren't really bearing any fruit for us.
Anybody have anything else you want to add before we wrap up today? All right, cool. Listen, guys, if you're out and you're running into things on the streets, don't wait every other week to jump on this call. You know you have my calendar link. You know you have the ability to schedule time. So please do that so that we can work through stuff one-on-one. I mean, you're the fact that you're already investing in yourselves and being part of a group where you can hear what other people are doing and see what's happening on the streets puts you ahead of your competition, but you can't stop there. You've got to be intentional and proactive in literally everything you're doing at this point. So I'm going to let you guys go. I'm fixing to jump in. Uh, Mr. Welch, I'm going up to see our mutual friend, Mike Carey in Ocala this afternoon. So I will uh, let him know you, you send your best. Otherwise, I'll catch everybody here in a couple weeks, if not sooner. See ya. been listening to power producers shop talk you can follow us at the power producers podcast on facebook and instagram and if you want to take your game to the next level check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book the extra two minutes